Hello everyone, welcome back to the main event. Hopefully not too long since you last heard our voices. You're back with me, Daniel. And Aaron. So Aaron, for part one, we obviously went through a few strategies and went through the first four fixtures. Let's not mess around with this one, as if people are listening to this one second, they'll know the crack from that first one. So let's dive straight in with the first game, which is in a week and a half's time. Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. I think a lot of Listeners will probably know a lot about Chelsea anyway, so let's focus most of our attention on Atletico Madrid. Kieran Trippier is still suspended for the gambling offence where he recommended that he's made punt on him <laughs> joining Atletico Madrid. We've got Hermoso, Dembele and Felix currently out with COVID, but all three of them are set to be back for this game. So just be aware of that. Their form at the minute is being excellent. They're top of La Liga. They beat Sevilla 2-0, Ibar 2-1, Valencia 3-1, Cadiz 4-2, and recently drew with Celta Vigo 2-2. I know that you're a big fan of this team, Aaron. What what are you liking about them so much at the minute? I think what's crazy about this Atletico Madrid team is that they're not a typical Atletico Madrid team. It's not 1-0s, like... They're not loads like great defensive performances. Like they are conceding goals, but it's well, one, they absolutely dominate in La Liga. Five points at the top between them and Real Madrid with two games in hand. That could be a huge gap if they win them games in hand. I think one of the reasons why I like them so much is the resurgence of Luis Suarez. Not that he was really bad for Barcelona, just I think it's one of them things where you facilitate a Messi, but it's showing that class is permanent and that Luis Suarez, even though I'm not a fan of him personally, uh, as a player, though, he is absolutely phenomenal. And he is he's probably the safest player in my draft so far. I've got him in and I don't think I'm going to take him out. I think he's just so good right now. Yeah, it's been amazing seeing his resurgence under Simeone. I agree. Um, obviously, he was phenomenal for Barcelona and then... He just sort of took a little bit of a dip, although he did still score a few goals for Barcelona in the Champions League last year. His league form really did suffer. And it's great to see him back at his best. I am with you that as a person, yeah, I'm not not uh, overly keen on him. But I'm not picking players on a fantasy game based on their personality. I'm basing it on points. And he is banging them in at the minute. He's on seven goals, two of which were penalties. And he's also won one of those penalties himself. And that's in his last five games, 9.9 million. This is the informed striker of every team in the game. So that is really, really tempting to look at him. Lorente as well, four assists in five games at six and a half million is very, very appealing. I had Lorente for part of the knockouts last year. He got two goals against Liverpool last year, away from home. Saul no longer on pens because Suarez is on them. Still has two goals in four games at 7.4 million, although one of them you didn't really know much about. Straight his leg out and it looked over the keeper. It would, have, it would have had a very low XG, that goal. But I think a lot of people as well will want to look at the defenders. Um, Jimenez, Savic and Felipe, for me, are the ones to to really look at. With Trippier out, they've been playing three at the back. Well, they were playing three at the back with him in, to be fair, but they've really, really settled on a three at the back. But that right side, Vesalco's came in, Llorente's came in, Llorente will play as an attacking midfielder. He's played as a forward. So I don't really like looking at the fullbacks. Same on the other side, because Lodi hasn't played a lot of games. 
He did get an assist in his last game in the 2-2 draw, but beyond that, he's actually not been playing very much. I think the standout option here is Jimenez. In that back three, he's playing centre of the three. We know that the centre of the three is the one that nine times out of ten gets the ball recovery points. Jimenez is also the one that is most likely to get a goal if one of the three would get one. So I think at his price of 5.2 million, he's a, he's a bit of a bargain at that price. I'd have expected him to be at least up there with Bonucci, playing for such a defensively-minded team. Felipe at 4.2. My concern with him is, is he rotates with Hermoso. Hermoso, like I say, should be back from COVID. And I think Hermoso is favoured to Felipe. But Savage, 4.6, and he's played every game. So I think if you've got the extra 0.4, for me personally, I'd play it safe and just jump up to Savage. Also more likely to get a goal than Felipe or Hermoso. Uh, so those are the players that I'd personally be looking at. Felix has been out of sorts. He's not really done much, to be honest. I think a goal and an assist in his last five games, and that's it. Um, he's been pretty poor. He is a midfielder on the game. So for 9 million, that could be something of interest. But Correa has been playing up front quite a bit. He's got a few goals, so that could be an outside chance. But I think if you're looking for a forward from this team, just go Suarez. He's the, If someone's going to score, it's most likely to be him. And then, you know, I'd, I'd definitely pick one of those defenders. If you've got the money for Jimenez, definitely him. If not, I'd go Savage over Felipe for the point four, just because Savage is far more likely to play than Felipe. It's not to say Felipe won't play, it's just he is a rotation risk with him also. Chelsea doing all right under Thomas Tuchel. I think he's um, he's brought a little bit of stability to the team, starting to keep a few more clean sheets when Antonio Rudiger doesn't put into his own net the week that I bring him into my FPL team. He's favouring Alonso at the minute, so I think it'd be criminal not to discuss Alonso. 4.7 million. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Other than that, Rudiger starting most games 4.4 Aspilicueta 4.9 so they're playing a back three which means they do look a more solid at the back and they have some great budget options I think out of that lot it has to be Alonso for 4.7 because of his attacking threat Werner 10.7 is not worth it for a man that predominantly gets assists is no longer on penalties and even if he does go woohoo still costs you 10.7 million for your four points Mason Mount at seven. I think he is criminally underrated by a lot of people, Mason Mount. He gets so much stick, and I don't understand why. He's clearly their best attacking player, quite clearly. He's the only one that presses. He's fantastic from outside the box. He's fantastic at arriving late. I think he's got it all, and he's still so young. Will I be picking him for seven million? I personally don't think so as a fantasy asset. But if I was to go for any Chelsea forward, it would be him. Because I don't know who's going to start up front between Werner, Giroud and Abraham. Pulisic is still struggling. Zayek had two good weeks and then has been rubbish since. And we mentioned his inconsistency previous. That is not new. He was inconsistent for Ajax. So I don't really fancy paying that much for a player that can't be consistent. Chelsea on a team that really excite me. They laboured to a win against Barnsley in the Cup. I know that they played... Not exactly their strongest team, but it wasn't weak either. So the jury's out on them. I can only see one winner for this game, and that's Atletico Madrid, personally. I think they'll do better now that Tuchel's in instead of Lampard, because I think they're getting that new manager bounce, and they are playing with the three at the back, so they'll look more secure. But if anything, I just think this 
even more favors an Atletico Madrid clean sheet because of the way that Tuchel plays. Like he's not he's not inspiring going forward. They've got a game against Newcastle today, so it'll be or this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how they do there against a team that <laughs> have no centre backs and no centre forward. So I think it'll be a bit of a waste unless they screw it up and then it is definitely put your eggs in an Atletico Madrid basket. What do you think? How do you think this one's going to go, Aaron? Or what do you think of Chelsea? Sorry, I've missed that. But what do you think of Chelsea? Yeah, I think Chelsea at the minute, it's just kind of going through that, figuring out what works, what doesn't. You saw in the cup against Barnsley that they were trialing a lot of people that they haven't played so far. So it was the first time you really saw Ziyech and Pulisic playing behind the striker. I think the only one who had a real chance of actually pushing into the team was Abraham. Like the rest of Chelsea just kind of, you could tell they're not starters. Tuchel's a very dividing figure in the way that he trains. He's not a very serious coach uh, from the training videos that I've watched. I don't know if you've seen the video where he tries to hide a Bamiyang shoes. I haven't seen that, no. Like he spent like, he arrived at training early to hide it. And then a Bamiyang just finds them straight away. And quite funny watching him. And like doing stuff that other coaches wouldn't like for the first training session, they played with like the miniature footballs that they use for like babies and stuff like that. And it's just different. It's unique ways, but I I can just see people like Ziesh, who looks like a sulky person in general, just not clicking with him. Like he, I think he's a very serious type of player who's just moody. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm just reading from his body language from what I saw in the cup. I think players like that won't do well. Hudson Adoy seems to be doing okay with Tuchel, but Alonso, like what you mentioned, it's crazy how things can change. Like Chilwell was an absolute shoe in in most people's teams, and then just like that, change of style. Alonso is back in. I think that it really just depends on whether Thiago Silva is back in time because if he's not. Suarez, I think, has even more appeal. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game because both of these teams, like it last year's Paris Saint-Germain conceded the least amount of goals throughout the tournament. And straight away he's come in this season and Chelsea have kept a few clean sheets. So you wouldn't normally associate him with being a defensive coach, especially with the way that he was at Dortmund. So it'll be quite interesting seeing two coaches who are I mean, not that associated to show being defensive, but normally play with defensive styles. It'd be interesting because it all just puts the pressure on the strike force. And I think he's still, I think it really just depends on how Werner does against Newcastle, in which when you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably already know. Um, so congratulations on his first hat-trick for Chelsea. And that, yes, I really don't know so far who I really trust to bring into my team. It's probably second leg where I might look to bring in Chelsea players if the first leg goes well. Yeah, the um, especially playing away from home. Alonso's nice at 4.7 million. I think other than that, I won't be going anywhere near them, personally. I'd, uh, Thiago Silva makes such a massive difference. Obviously, he's back in light training. He's definitely going to miss um, the game against Newcastle. That's Monday night. I've just had a look, so... That'll actually be after this podcast is released. So keep an eye on that one, as I'm sure most will do anyway for FPL. But I'm guessing you're going to say that Atletico Madrid are going to qualify from this one. Yeah, I think they'll win both games. 
Me too. I think where Alonso's appeal comes is if he can nick a goal at 4.7, it's kind of worth a punt. Let's get on to the next game because I know lots of people will want to know about this. And I've got a lot of say about Bayern, but they are the away team. So let's talk about Lazio first, Aaron. And we are back in your domain. Uh, I've got a feeling most people won't want to go for Lazio players. Um, I'm in that camp where I don't really fancy anyone other than maybe Immobile or Korea. Is there anyone that you think I should change my mind on? What's Lazio's form been like? So Lazio have been in pretty good form. They've only lost once since the restart, and that was a 3-2 game against Atalanta in the Cup, uh, but they played a weakened team in that. So when they've had the full-strength team, they've not lost so far. So they're in really, really good form. They've won every single home game that they've played, so they are more dangerous at home. In terms of players uh, i remember when i did the preview that i said it's down to three players alberto immobile milinkovic savic i think because of the group stage careers kind of sneaked into the conversation but recently uh you've got a 4.9 rated midfielder lazzari who has four assists well, two, uh, two of them came in the derby against Roma. And so he has quite a lot of potential for ball recoveries. He plays as a wing back, but he basically plays as a right winger. It's kind of like an Angelino situation. But he's so cheap that he could be worth a punt on your bench and get a few ball recoveries because you don't know which winger uh, he's going to come up against. And he is very good with the ball at his feet and has gotten quite a lot of assists. Um, he, and I know like this stat doesn't normally translate in, uh, into points on fantasy, but you know, like the pass before the assist, he has done that yeah. for four times as well. So he is really good at creating chances. So Lazzari, I think he's 4.9. He is someone where if you're tight on budget in your midfield, it's going to be good for the first game. The only downside to that is that you're going to have to spend a transfer to get him out of your team. So if you don't have a wild card, it's probably best not to put him in um, because Bayern Munich probably will go through over the two legs. But Immobile is looking solid and he's just carrying on being great in form. And they're doing a really good job of resting him. There, it's annoying that he's not playing for 90 minutes because um, the stats would be a lot better but the manager's doing a really good job of making sure that he's rested for all these games coming back to back um, and also I don't know if I mentioned uh, but Lazio because they were knocked out of the cup by Atalanta they've played a lot fewer games than the other Italian teams so they have a better chance of resting their full strength 11 for the games, and I think they'll have to yeah. have the starting eleven at their absolute best if they want to stand a chance against Bayern Munich. Pepe Reina has been the starting goalkeeper for Lazio. For those who are looking for a cheap goalkeeper who isn't at risk of being the second choice, um, he's gotten ten points in the group stage, and he has a good chance of getting a lot of save points, but also at the same time has a big chance of getting points deducted because against Bayern Munich. He's a really cheap start and goalkeeper who is first choice 
Speaking of teams that would love to have their best starting eleven, but absolutely can't, on to Bayern Munich. So yeah, we'll move on to Bayern Munich because I know that a lot of people will want to invest heavily in this team. They've had some really bad luck recently with their players. So Goretzka has been now injured. I'm not sure if and when he is back, but he's not been playing at all. So for me, he is not worth the risk. Jerome Boateng uh, is on leave at the moment because his ex-girlfriend, who they, I think they only finished last week, was found dead in her apartment. So he's been granted leave indefinitely. Serge Gnabry has just been injured in the final of the World Club Cup. And Thomas Muller has COVID. So we think Muller might be back for this game. It depends on his recovery from COVID, with it being a little way away. But the options that we have for Bayern Munich have now just vastly diminished. Muller could be massive if it doesn't if he doesn't play because he's got four goals and two assists in his last six games at 10 million. I'm disappointed because I was thinking of moving Sancho to Muller. Coleman, I think, if you want to go safe, is going to be the outstanding option at 8.5 million. Him being cheaper than Sané and he has more attacking returns. He's got one goal and three assists in his last six, but he does like the Champions League. Lewandowski will forever be Lewandowski. Six goals, including one pen, although he has missed a pen. So because he missed that pen... Mark Noble is now the most prolific penalty taker in world football over the last five years. Fun fact for you there, Aaron. But yeah, he's also got an assist and that's in six games. So six goals and an assist in six games, 12.1 million. I haven't counted the final of the World Club Cup. Just when I did this research, it hadn't been played yet. Um, Although I think it was Benjamin Pavard that scored in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Joshua Kimmich, four goal, uh, four assists, sorry, in his last six games. He's a defender, 6.6 million, so he is expensive. But he'll be playing in midfield as an absolute certainty. So I think, obviously, Kimmich is the first, for me, he's the first name on my defensive <laughs> team sheet because he plays in, as a midfielder in one of the most attacking teams in the world. I don't really care about his price. They've always got a chance of keeping clean sheets, especially against Lazio. But looking at their potential lineup, it is severely weakened. So I've wrote out what I think the lineup might be. And this is obviously dependent on Muller coming back. So I've presumed that Muller will not be back because of COVID, but that could obviously change. And you're looking at Pavard right back, Sula centre-back with Hernandez, Davies left back, Alaba and Kimmich as holding midfielders, Coman, Tolisso and Sane behind Lewandowski. Again, it depends when Boateng's back from his leave. We don't know when that is. So I, I definitely wouldn't put him in as the for a risk. I wouldn't go Davies because he swaps with Hernandez. And if obviously if Hernandez plays at centre-back, then that's terrific. But if Boateng does come back, then we don't know who's going to play. And Davies does not get attacking returns. We've said this pretty much all last season. Other than that Barcelona game, where he gained most of his fame, he just doesn't get attacking returns. Pavard has nailed it right back. Absolutely nailed, unless he gets injured. So he could be worth a punt. But for me, I'd only go one buying defender and it would be Kimmich. I wouldn't waste the money on Neuer in goal. And I just think Coleman and Lewandowski are the only ones that are nailed on to play when we consider the injury to Nabry and whether Muller is going to be fit or not. So I currently have Kimmich, Coleman and Lewandowski in my team and I can't see that changing. 
especially at the price of Corman 8.5. He's a premium midfielder that is not at a premium price. What do you think the score's going to be or the, the result's going to be for the first leg and who do you think is going to go through from this one? I think Bayern Munich will win both. I think Lazio, like kind of what I've said at the very, very start of this season, that they've got the opportunity to show everyone kind of what they're capable of. But I think it's just unfortunate that they got put up against, well, the confirmed best team in the world right now. I think depending on the performance, this is kind of the stage that a couple of these players were looking for so that they can move on to bigger and brighter things. And if they do manage to pull off an upset, then I think what I said at the start, it was justified that it's going to be one or the other. They're either going to do amazing or they're going to capitulate. I think Bayern Munich will win both games comfortably by a couple goals. And it's just about getting in the right assets. Do you think that Lazio defence are going to be susceptible to Bayern's attack? That's Absolutely. Probably, I think that's the major question. They play three centre-backs. Their wing-backs, very hit and miss. Um, they're getting quite old as well. Like their team, there's not really much pace. Like Lazzari and Marusic are the wing-backs. And if it's not for Lucas Leva, like if Lucas Leva's off, and we all know that he, like he wasn't the quickest as well, Going up against Sane and Coleman, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So I think that Lazio don't have much of a chance, to be honest, as, as much as that hurts me to say. But it's just how good Bayern Munich are. Yeah, I'm going to go with two Bayern Munich wins. We'll fly on to the next game. What a tie. Again, this is one that I wish was in the first round of fixtures so I could heavily pile into one of these teams. We've got Atlanta versus Real Madrid. Do you want to give us the um, the lowdown on Atalanta? Yeah. So Atalanta, they're not as... Like you would say their form is quite hit and miss because they've been conceding quite a few goals, but that's just because they're, they're just going after teams. Uh, they did a good job of beating Napoli in the cup, but Napoli are not in the best form right now. Um, throwing away a three-goal lead against Torino, that's a disaster of a result. But they were focused on getting to their final in the cup. So they rested a few of their players. And in terms of like mainstay players, the wing backs have been getting moved around. So Hatterboer, I don't know how long he's injured for, but he's not been playing. Um, and so Gorsons has probably been, if you had to choose between the two, probably get him in. And he's been playing right back for a few games as well. Is that right? Have I seen that correct? Yeah. But he's been in absolutely unreal form. Um, so Gosens has scored three goals and got four assists in uh, since the restart, which is just absolute class for a wing back. Uh, he is pricey; his prices went up, but I think he's he's still one of the better options at, at defense, especially against this Real Madrid team. And but Muriel and Zapata seem to be. You don't know which one's going to start. And there's even games where they've started together when normally Muriel's been the super sub coming on, nicking a goal. Piscina, who's about six and a half million, I think it's 6.3. He's been doing quite well behind the strikers and um, the defensive three have been changing every game. So, and if not, the other wing back who is, don't know how to pronounce it, Melee comes out as, but that's, he's 4.5. 
He's a new signing and he's been playing as right wing back. And so that's quite cheap for a wing back for Atlanta. Um, so he was rested for one game, which was the game where Gorsons played right wing back. But he should be the starting one moving forward. So I, I suppose because I have Romero in at 5.1 at the minute, Romero at 50 points is, I th- believe, the highest scoring player on the entire game. He is, yeah. So if you had the choice, would you go Gorsons over Romero? Because Romero is, again, chewing up those ball recoveries. I would go Gorsons over him just because of the potential attacking returns. But in the last few games, it's been Jim City, Palomino, Toloi as the back three. Romero's come in. He came against Torino, threw away the three goals, came in against Napoli, and then was rested again. So it seems to be that he gets rest. He plays two rested one okay i'll go into a just a player that i looked at you can tell me yes or no and then we'll move into the forwards Moranchuk. we've talked about his brother a lot we've <laughs> always said do not get this Moranchuk. it's the wrong Moranchuk. he has a twin so atlanta's Moranchuk, 4.7 million i noticed he's played a couple of games was that just a one-off is that for rotation is that something that we should look at well it really just depends on the formation he plays a 3-4-2-1, and then that's when Moranchuk plays. But recently, he's been settling on a 3-4-1-2, in which he'll play Zapata Ilicic or Zapata Muriel up front. And I think with Real Madrid, I think he'll just go for it. So I think Pessina is probably the best best player to get. Uh, but Moranchuk is so cheap. But after the Lazio game, he's not played. Three or four games on the bounce, so he's not been playing. He's come on as a sub but it's been mostly Malinowski and Ilicic and Pessina behind the strike uh, behind the strikers and Maranchuk is kind of fourth choice so let's go with with two verses we've got a, we'll we'll set this up like a, um like its own little mini competition so we'll put midfielder against midfielder Pessina at 6.3 million or Ilicic at 8.9 i would go with Pessina over Ilicic our boy Ilicic yeah Pessina scored twice in the last game, and he's gotten an assist before that. Uh, Ilicic has only scored the once since the restart. Um, no, sorry, he scored twice, but he's not. He's always been getting substituted off quite early, like around the hour mark, okay. to bring on Muriel. So I wouldn't do that. I think that leads us nicely into the next question then. Muriel at 8.2 was a patter at 9.7. Because Muriel's their top goal scorer, is he not? Yeah, he is. Well, it's it's tied now because of the second leg of the Napoli game. Zapata scored uh, in that, but Zapata's gotten more assists than Muriel has. Um, so Zapata adds more. So if you add both goals and assists, Zapata has nine and Muriel has eight. So it's actually pretty close. Do we know? I guess it, I'll be able to answer that question once we discuss more about Real Madrid because uh, I'd be interested to get your views on their defence and their form, and then I'll be able to tell you which one's probably better from that. So hold that question, and I'll give you an answer okay. after. So, well, we'll jump into Real Madrid then. Uh, they don't have many injuries, just Rodrigo, Ramos, Hazard, Carvajal, Vasquez, Marcelo, Adriozola, Militao. They are an up craps creek without a paddle this lot. I've got no idea <laughs> how they're going to get through it. I mean, Rodrigo is out until March. He's done his hammy in. Ramos is out until April with torn meniscus. Hazard, 
is out until March. Another muscle injury. Too many donuts for him. Carvajal, Vasquez, Marcelo, all out with muscle injuries, and we don't know when they'll be back. Marcelo's expected to be March. Odriozola has done his hammy in. No idea when he's back. Militao's just picked up a knock. He missed the last game with that knock. We don't know when he's back. Knocks are never helpful because they can be one day or three weeks with a knock. You never know. Um, And their form has been dreadful. They were beaten 2-1 off Bilbao, 2-1 off Alcayano. They beat Alaves 4-1 before then returning to form and getting beat uh, 2-1 off Levante. Fair play at that game. They were down to 10 men from nine minutes in when Militao got sent off. They beat Huesca 2-1 and they've beaten Hitafe 2-0. So... Six games, one three, lost three. Their last game, the play so basically the they played every game with a four three three. Whether that's Vasquez or Odriozola right back because Carvajal is being injured. Now all three of those right backs are injured. So they've got Nacho to play at right back if they want. But in the last game when Nacho played, he played as centre back and a three at the back. So Varan, Mendy, Nacho are likely to play. The midfield three was pretty set. It's Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz. Valverde is injured out for the rest of the year, I think. So Modric, Casemiro, Cruz was the midfield three, but since changing to four in midfield, Marcelo played on one side with Park on the other is wingbacks. Marcelo's now injured, so they don't have a wingback there anymore. Asensio, Benzema, and Vinicius are likely to be the three up front with injuries to literally everyone else. And obviously they've got rid of Odegaard and they've got rid of Bale on loan. Bale at the beginning of the season, Odegaard in January. So they are paper thin. There are literally two players I would consider getting from this lot. Casemiro, one goal, one of six in six games. But he loves ball recoveries. And it's 6.2 million. I think he's very affordable. And then we've got Karim Benzema. Four goals and one assist in his last six games. 10.4 is pricey, but playing against an Atalanta team that love love to concede goals, they make it their life's mission to concede goals. I think Benzema could be a real dark horse to get a few goals in that game. I think it's going to be a really, really high scorer because Atlanta love to attack. Real Madrid can't defend. They don't have any defenders, opposed to they can't defend. It's Atlanta that can't defend, but then Real Madrid are really struggling in every area of the pitch at the minute. And they're not in good form. I don't think they're very confident. So it's Benzema and Casemiro for me. They're the only two even worth considering. Casemiro's been in and out of Madra because uh, I do think he's just a ball recovery machine. He just keeps getting them. Uh, even though he might not get a goal or an assist, although he obviously has the potential to do that. He matches midfielders who do because of the amount of ball recoveries he gets. And against Atalanta, which a team is just going to relentlessly attack, Casemiro could run up a really good score over the two legs. And so he's been in and out of my draft. I have him in currently. And overall, I think it's going to be a very interesting game because Real Madrid are definitely not at the best, but I don't think that's going to... I stop the excitement of the game, to be honest. Who do you think is going to win the first game? Who do you think is going to go through? I think it'll be a draw, disappointingly, for the first game. I think we'll get all this hype, and then it'll be like, oh, that was kind of uneventful. 
And then I think the second leg when uh, it's all to play for, I think Atalanta won't hold anything back and it'll be a lot more exciting. So I think Atalanta will win over the two legs, but the first one I think will be disappointing. Kind of like the Liverpool game. What, the Liverpool-Leipzig game? No, oh, the Liverpool-Atalanta game, you mean? Yeah, we were like, oh, this is going to be class. And then it was like the first match was, we were kind of like, oh, that was awful. Uh, what was the point in waiting for that? <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a good game, just awful from Atalanta's point. To, to be fair, Atalanta could have scored three or four themselves that game. Alisson yeah. played wonderfully and they hit the, hit the woodwork a couple of times. I don't think Real Madrid are as good as Liverpool and they arguably have more injuries. We've said this before that without Ramos, they're a completely different team at the back. So I'm going to say this is going to be quite comfortably Atalanta's round, both whether they win the second game or not, because I don't know what players will be back, but I think they'll do enough of a job over Real Madrid in the first leg that it'll carry them through regardless of the second. So I really, really want to get involved with a couple of Atlanta players. I think two. I think when I'm looking at these fixtures, I'm looking at Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, Atalanta. That's why I wanted these all to be the first round, because... I feel a lot more comfortable picking from these teams than the ones that we had to from the, the first podcast. But I appreciate, I need the balance of knowing who's playing. Like in, in so many injuries are happening. I want to be really sure that I can feel the 11. So I'm, I'm torn between my heart and my head. We'll move on to, I believe, the last game, Aaron. Um, Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City. What a game this could potentially be. Mönchengladbach... The Tinker Men themselves versus Man City. The Tinker Men themselves. We've got Mönchengladbach first at the home team. They beat Bayern Munich 3-2. They then drew a Stuttgart 2-2. Beat Bremen 1-0. Beat Dortmund 4-2. Drew with Union Berlin 1-1. Beat Stuttgart 2-1 in the Pokal. And lost to uh, Cologne 2-1 in the league recently. So very, very mixed bag. They are seventh in the Bundesliga. But these are like a, a box office team that will cause upsets and on their day, as proven with wins against Dortmund, Bayern, obviously they got um they managed to get a draw against Real Madrid in the group stages. They got a, a couple of good results against Inter. Um so I think it's gonna be a really, really interesting game, this one. The t- the score an average of two goals a game, but in terms of their players. I'm not overly confident on a lot of them. Play only has one goal in the last four games, 8.4 million. I think if he does start, he's got a great chance because he's such a good player, but he hasn't been playing that consistently. I think he's had injuries and since coming back, he's not been consistent. And Bolo has played just as many games, although you'll forever be remembered for that spectacular overhead kick against Shakhtar. But other than that, I think he's done nothing since. Hoffman... Neuhaus and Stindl, I think, are the battle of the midfielders. Which one do you go for? Hoffman has two goals and three assists and five, seven million. Neuhaus has two goals, two assists and five, 6.5 million. And Lars Stindl has one goal, which was a penalty, and has four assists, 8.3 million. So if they get a penalty, Stindl's your man there. But I think it's going to be, if you want one of those three, it's all going to be budget-related between Hoffman, Neuhaus, and Stindl. I can't really choose between them. All three of them look good. Hoffman, obviously, with the most returns. And then if you want to look at their defenders, 
Um, there are two outstanding choices. Elvedi has three goals in five games and has 4.8 million. And Ben Zabani has one goal in four games, 5.7, but he's racked up a lot of points in the Champions League game. For the amount of games he's played, he only played three and then I think he got injured and didn't play the last three. So he he's in mid-30s points-wise. <laughs> but Elvedi's the one in form. So if you are looking at Gladbach, I think avoid the trap of player to Ram. It's not to say they won't score or do anything. It's just they haven't been playing that many games and they aren't in great form. If you want a midfielder, you have to choose between Hoffman, Neuhaus and Sindel. I wouldn't go for more than one, but they're all viable. And then Elvedi and Benzabani is a really good fight. I'd probably go for Elvedi because he's 0.9 cheaper. We mentioned in the previous podcast, anything under five at this level for a starter is really good value. What uh, what do you make of Munchen Gladbach? I was quite interested looking at their team. Uh, I think that I was surprised with their attacking midfielder, winger, whichever position he plays. But Hoffman, um, I don't know. I don't think he has an injury or anything. Um, but he's gotten quite a few goals and assists and he's played up front a few times when either Turam or Plier weren't fit. Uh, however, he's 7 million. Um, I know you've already covered that, but he's been quite good in terms of goals and assists, uh, six attack and returns. So he's been, he is on my radar, but I don't, I think I'm going to be priced out of him to be fair. And then news today coming out from the Liverpool papers that Neuhaus is heavily linked with Liverpool as a Wijnaldum replacement. So, uh, and he's doing quite okay with goals and assists, but where he plays, he could also pick up a few attacking returns. I mean, uh, uh, ball recovery uh, points against Man City, uh, just because where he sits in front of the back four. So, a couple of players, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get any of them in. So Elvedi is probably the only one. He's in my draft right now, but he's a player that I'm trying to mess around with to see if I can get anyone better in that position. Just And the only reason I have him in is for the set-piece potential and ball recovery. We'll jump into Manchester City, the final team. An absolute nightmare. They are doing so well in the league at the minute. Now on the Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday sort of fixture list, they're still in the FA Cup. They're still they've got the League Cup final at the end of the season. Um, it's I think obviously the moving of the League Cup is going to help them, but they've got a lot of fixtures. There's going to be a lot of rotation. Their big influence KDB is out, but they've been playing so well with the resurgence of Gundogan. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I'm so happy that we aren't a bandwagon podcast. This is something that we've been spouting since the beginning of this season. Since last season, to be fair, we were saying yeah, like, that Gundogan's the only one you should get in because he's a shoe-in for Champions League positions. Exactly. He's a shoe-in for every position now. So 6.7 million is unreal. I'll be... um. I'll, I think he's in my draft at the minute. 
again, it's really annoying because I, I just wish the fixtures were the other way around because all the players that I want are from the last four fixtures. Really frustrating. Phil Foden at 7.1 has been playing really well. His issue is going to be rotation because he's not going to play every week in the F, for FPL and for UCL. Torres is back. Aguero's back. Jesus is playing and playing all right now. Again, he's back to a little bit of form for the team. Gundogan isn't moving anywhere. Bernardo Silva's playing every minute. There are too many headaches. We've got Zinchenko playing either at left back or as the left-sided centre-back when Cancelo just bombs forward and they'll shift across. But Cancelo will swap with Walker. They are both equally adept at playing right back. Although I do think Cancelo is a little better than Walker at the moment. Probably has been all season, to be fair. I think Walker can be a liability. Ruben Diaz is probably the only one that's going to play every game. So if you are looking for a defender, it has to be Diaz. I appreciate Cancelo has more of an attacking threat, but he might not play. Diaz will. He's 5.6, so 0.2 million cheaper than Cancelo. And I wouldn't be overly interested in Stones or Laporte. Not because they aren't good, uh, but A, I think Munch and Gladbach are very capable of scoring in this game. Do not underestimate them. But most of all, who's going to play? Laporte's 5.3, Stones is 5.1. So they aren't falling into that sub-5 million category of bargains. They're probably correctly priced. And I don't want to take the risk choosing between them in a game where they might not even keep a clean sheet. You'd probably rather go for Zinchenko because I don't think Guardiola trusts Mendy an awful lot. I think if they've got any easy fixtures, they'll go for they'll go for Mendy in those. Zinchenko can then cover. I'm not overly keen on Man City, not because I don't think they'll go out and win this game. I think they will win this game. I just don't know who's going to play. I don't know who's going to get the points. Sterling's looking a lot better these days, although he's still too wide for me to watch. Yeah, like, I get... Nervous. Ultimately, I know he's, he's got another goal against Liverpool last weekend, but that all came from Allison giving the ball away to press and then it's just sort of there. Without that chance, he didn't really look like scoring. So I'm still, the jury for me is still out on Sterling. I know that he's getting a lot of hype this week. He would have played by the time everyone's listening to this podcast, so we'll see how he does. But Gundogan is the, if you're going to go Man City, Gundogan Diaz. Uh, or oh, Edison, if you want a good goalkeeper, if you want uh, a decent goalkeeper, Edison's not getting rotated. If obviously, you can fill your boots with him. Might, might be on pens. We never know. I doubt it. I think Gundogan will still be on the next penalty unless KDB or Aguero are on the field. But yeah, I just I'll probably stay away from this fixture for me personally and just try and enjoy it. But I, Gundogan at 6.7, when you consider... Hoffman at seven, Neuhaus six point five. He's he's got to be a better option than Stindl, who's eight point three. I think if you're going to compare it like that, you go Gundogan over Stindl, and then it really is a shootout for Hoffman, Neuhaus, and Gundogan. You could probably go for two, but with them being the later fixtures and probably better better fixtures to attack, it might be a wait and see on this one. What do you make of Man City, Aaron? I think with Man City, like what you were saying, Gundogan is the definitely the most informed option and most value pick. The defense is too hard to pick right now. I think Cancelo is the first choice right back, but 
Um, I just don't think he gets enough ball recoveries for him to be as valuable as Diaz. It works differently this to FPL. So Diaz has extreme value. But even then, I think Man City, I think they have too much possession to in order to like to really rack up the ball recovery points. I think we can get a bit distracted by the amount of clean sheets that they get. When in reality, we know that it's because they're not really conceding that many chances because they keep the ball so well. If there is going to be anyone who gets ball recovery points, it'll probably be Rodri or Fernandinho, whoever sits uh, in front of the the back four. They they get the majority of them, but they are such informed team that you just don't know who they're going to pick. You're getting people returning from injury. Aguero's like really close to coming back, which puts a spanner in the work for strikers. And also I think the team just plays differently when Aguero's there, depending on how fit he is. But I think it makes Man City as a team more dangerous. I think we've all established now that Pep could care less about fantasy teams. So people will get subbed off in 50 minutes and stuff like that. Um, And so... I would stick because it is the second round of fixtures and you can't transfer people in. I would stick safe. Basically, if they're coming off your bench, you kind of want more points than what the person before them got. And the person before them probably only got like one or two points, which is the reason you're subbing them off. You don't want to risk that with Cancelo, who might not even play, although you'll know whether he's playing or not. If that's a lot of yeah, we'll know budget. We'll know all know the starting lineups, which is really, really good. We'll know all the starting lineups in terms of whether I put them in the starting eleven. But obviously, we've only got the first two fixtures or so four teams where we know whether to even have them in the team at all or not. And anything can happen: injuries, COVID, especially in England. COVID seems to be affecting the UK a lot more than continental European countries with regards to to football, the amount of teams that are getting positive COVID results. I appreciate it has spread a, a little bit now with with Spain, like there's been more COVID results and Germany's are slightly picking up. But in general, I mean, I haven't heard much about Italian COVID cases since, you know, I'm talking since the new year, obviously pre- prior to the new year, there was, it was carnage. But since the new year, it seems to have calmed down for a lot of people, except, except for the UK. We've obviously had a few postponements and a lot of a lot of aggro when it comes to COVID. We've also had that the new British strain of it where it seemed to be more contagious. So I think the English teams are probably more at risk. What do you think um, the result of this first game is going to be and who do you think is going to qualify overall? I think Man City will win both games and... I think quite comfortably too. I agree. I think um, their good results against Dortmund and Bayern came with those two teams not being particularly strong. Bayern hit a really weird patch that they seem to have come through now. I think Mönchengladbach took advantage of it. If we look at the group stages, I think, like I say, they got a few you know, good draws against Inter Milan and Real Madrid. But then that last game against Madrid, they got an absolute pasting and it should have been a lot more. And I'm a 
just a, a little bit nervous about them going forward. So I'm going to go for Man City both games. Right, Aaron, we've talked about all the teams. Let's just finally, before we sign off from this podcast, let's go through our drafts. Aaron, do you want to talk us through your team, first of all, saying that you're going for, I think you said overall fixtures, opposed to having a plan of targeting the first lot of fixtures? Yeah. Uh, Apologies to those who are listening. My microphone has literally just broken. Let's go through your goalkeepers first, then your defenders, then your midfielders, and then your forwards. Cool. So... This is obviously a draft subject to change. My goalkeepers currently, uh, I have not spent a lot of money on these at all. So I've got Benu Sevilla. He's going to be my main goalkeeper with Rico on my bench. Um, So a little 9.1 collective spend on the goalkeepers there. Uh, But I do have some money in the bank, so I can change that around. Aaron, just a quick update for you. Um, I think Navas is back. I just want to let you know. I'm sure I've just I'm sure I've just seen that Navas is going to be playing today somewhere. So have a look. I'd, I think I think Navas is back. So you might want to go with hits if you want a four point one fodder. Because I don't think I think if you're going to go for some a goalkeeper that's not going to play, then you may as well go for a three point eight. But if you want one with a chance of playing for four point one or four point two, then obviously hits and. Buffon are the two lower ones or if you want to go Reina like you mentioned for 4.4 but just as a shout I think Navas is back from his injury cool and if I play it right I could even go up to someone like higher like a Galini for Atalanta but we'll see how that goes Um, we'll post it on Twitter uh, the final changes so my defence I have got Gosens from Atalanta Angelino, Leipzig, Kimmich, Bayern Munich. And then I am going to go, I've got Kunde on my bench. A nice little 3.9 there. So sticking with him. And then I am going to go Elvedi, uh, Gladbach. Sorry, I, I couldn't see the positions because I've got the date on my bench to make sure <laughs> I've got... Um, so that's who I've got. And then midfielders, I went quite pricey. Uh, I'm a forwards. The rest of my team is is pretty uh, intense. But I've got Lazzari on my bench as a midfielder option. Uh, again, he's someone who I'm looking to maybe upgrade because I've got a little bit of money in the bank. But the rest of my midfielders, I've got Salah, uh, Coleman, Gundogan and Casemiro, like I said. Uh, but I could potentially go Casemiro to Lorente for Atletico Madrid. He's definitely someone I'm paying attention to. And then my forwards, Lewandowski, Ronaldo, Luis Suarez. So pretty forward heavy on my team. But like I said, subject to change. And it's just a shame the two goalkeepers I want both play on the 17th of Feb. So that's frustrating. I would go... Ideally, I would go Banu and Chesney, but I don't think it's going to work like that. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at, I was looking, but I couldn't stomach Banu, unfortunately, because I've got other Sevilla players too many. So for me, my goalkeepers at the minute, again, this is very, very likely to change. 
And with this team, I want to just make everyone aware I've got three million in the bank still. So I'm massively underpriced. It's just I've got this in as a bit of sort of my template. And I want to see how this weekend's games go. I've just went on a draft team based on the tactic that I want of trying to target as many of the first four fixtures as possible and looking at what we've said today, basically. So my goalkeepers, Jan Oblak and Chesney. I've went for Oblak because I want Atletico Madrid and ideally I'd like Jimenez or Savic, but my other defensive positions, I just think I might get an attack and return out of some of those, whereas I'm unlikely with Atletico Madrid defenders. So I may as well go with the goalkeeper for that one. And again, Bonucci, I just couldn't, I just couldn't quite fit him in. And the biggest issue is there are no goalkeepers I really want. I wanted Bonu, but as you're about to find out, I have <laughs> have three severe players already. I don't want a fourth. And so my defence, at the minute, I've got a back three of Koundé, 3.9, Kurtzua at 4.8, and Angelino at 5.4, with Kimmich and Gorsons on the bench. So I've got three players there that are role playing those first four fixtures. And I think I've got a really good chance of getting attack and returns slash clean sheets. My midfield four, I've got Suso, Nkunku, Gundawan, and Sancho. So three of those four are playing on the opening uh, two nights. Nkunku's got the armband at the minute against Liverpool. I only have him and Angelino playing that day. And then I've got Kingsley Coleman as my fifth midfielder currently on the bench because he plays last. And then my front three, I have En Naziri, Lewandowski, and I'm punting on Tarimi. I just think now is the time to take a punt because if he doesn't, if I look at my bench, I've got Kimmich, Gorsons, and Coleman. And I've got a pretty strong team anyway. So I'm taking a punt on really Suso, maybe in Kunku, but he is playing as a forward. He's He's got a good record at the minute. But I think Suso and Taremi are my two puns. And if I was to have, if this was like a regular fantasy game where we couldn't make substitutions mid-game week, then they wouldn't be playing anyway. I'd be starting Kimmich, Gorsons and Coleman. So for me, it's a, those three players are a free punt. I'm not sure about Obviously, he's going to go through between Porto and Juventus. It's a really difficult one to decide. I've got Chesney in because I think if anyone scores for Porto, it's going to be from a pen, so Oliveira, or it's going to be Tarimi. They're, they're the two players that I can see scoring. And obviously, if they do score, then I can take Chesney out and put Oblak in. And if they don't score, if he blanks, and if the entire team blank, then Chesney gets the clean sheet. And Coleman, Kimmich, Gorsons any one of them can come in. So that's what I'm going with at the minute. Like I say, I've got 3 million. If any injuries happen, I will give my team a rejig, probably so that I can fit Mohamed Salah in midfield. He's the one that I'm looking at going, I'd, if I had the money, you'd be a no-brainer. But pushing 12 million for midfield, it's a bit of heartbreak at the minute. Yeah, so like, um, I've just done, I've just created my team from like I haven't logged into the Champions League website and just put my team on there so I could see it. And something I forgot to mention was that uh, because I've jumped on a lot of players early, 
uh, I have got quite a big squad value. So other people might not be able to create my team. I don't know. You'll probably have the same issue. So, but just to let people know, like I have just put it in and I'm over by quite a bit on the homepage. So, but hopefully other people have built up a little bit of squad value for those who are still playing the game. And my ideas for captain, I've got Salah on the opening day. If that doesn't work out, because that's the beauty of this round is that you've got four chances for your captain to do well. Um, so Salah on the first night, Ronaldo on the second. If neither of them do well, Lewandowski or Suarez on the third night. And if that doesn't work, I'm left with Gundogan, who doesn't seem a bad pick <laughs> right now. So they're my four captaincy choices as of right now. Yeah, as of right now, like I say, I've gotten Kunku. That could quite easily change to Angelino. On the 17th, I'm not sure, really. I'm really not. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gone that far. Hopefully, Kunku just smacks an out right against um, Liverpool. Then, if I if it was to go to the 23rd of February, I'd probably go Lewandowski. And if that fails, I've got Corsons on the 24th against Real Madrid. Uh, so not exactly the captaincy choice that I want. I am gutted I can't get Suarez or even Benzema in. There are lots of players that I want, but they're all from the last four fixtures. And players are getting injured every game. Every It seems like every game that's played, someone else comes off with an injury. And I just don't want to risk it, no matter how good they are. And that might bite me in the backside. And I've, I've still got, like I say, we're recording this on Saturday. So I've still got until Tuesday before the game kicks off to make any changes if anything else does happen. So plenty of time, plenty of time. But sounds good. And I'm, I'm excited it's back. I can't wait to hear the anthem again. I cannot wait. And I just cannot wait to get stuck into this again. It's been far too long. Aaron, thanks so much for joining me. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter, it's um, UCL Fantasy Pod. And we are also on YouTube, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Best of luck for this game week. Any questions, get us on Twitter. And we will see you afterwards. Take care now. (laughs) 